0: Wonder of wonders, miracle of miracles. God took
1: a Daniel once again, stood by his side, and miracle of miracles. Walked him through the lion's den. Wonder of wonders, miracle of miracles. I was afraid that God would frown, but like he did so long ago in Jericho, God just made a war. Fall down. The Moses softened Pharaoh's heart. That was a miracle. When God made the waters of the Red Sea
2: part, that was a miracle too. But of all God's miracles, large and small,
0: the most miraculous one of all is that out of a
1: worthless lump of clay. God has made a man today. Welcome to Broadway Radio's This Week on Broadway for Sunday, May 1st, 2022. My name is James Marino, and in the broadcast today, we have Peter Felicia and Michael Portantier. Peter is a playwright, journalist, and historian with a number of books. His new book, The Book of Broadway Musicals, Debates, Disputes, and Disagreements, will be released in September of 2022 and now can be pre-ordered on Amazon. Peter has columns at Masterworks Broadway, Broadway Select, Encore Monthly, and many places. Hello, Peter. Hi. Hello. Also with us is Michael Portantier. Michael is a theater reviewer and essayist. He's the founder and editor of CastAlbumReviews.com. He is also a theatrical photographer whose photos have appeared in the New York Times and other major publications. You can see his photography work at FollowSpotPhoto.com. Hello, Michael. Hello. So, Michael, uh, we want to get in uh that you have coming up on june 16th the boys from syracuse in concert at 54 below yes and uh i know that the end of the season has probably uh derailed some of your rehearsal and preparation for it but uh, how's it going
0: <laughs> uh well we did have a rehearsal just uh, two days ago and that went really oh, well good. so yeah i think i think it's going to be wonderful
1: was that the only time you spent at 54 below No,
0: (laughs) no. On the 24th, uh, I went to Feinstein's 54 Below for Simply Barbara, 80 Girls, 80, which was (laughs) Steven Brinberg's contribution to uh, honoring Barbara Streisand on her 80th birthday, which also happened to be the opening night of the new production of Funny Girl on Broadway. And I guess some people would say, as it turned out, that one of them was more one of those events was more celebratory than the other, (laughs) Uh, but uh, it was a great show. Uh, He, I've seen him so many times, but he still adds new material and mixes it up. For example, he sang the rainbow connection in this, in this Mm. show. And I don't think I've ever heard it. Yes, it really is Mm. a beautiful, beautiful song. And I don't think she ever did it. And I don't think I've ever heard him do it before. Mm. Um, But also he had, Uh, He had his great musical director, Christopher Denny, and he had four guests, uh, which normally he only has one. But since it was such a special occasion, he had four. And two of them were Ramona Mallory, who I mentioned last week was uh, Anne in the last Broadway production of A Little Night Music and also is the daughter of... Um, Mark Lambert and Victoria Mallory, the late Victoria Mallory, uh, who were in the original uh, Night Music as Henrik and the original Anne. Uh, So it was really great to see her again. I, I don't think she was well served by the night music revival because it was so poorly directed but she has a beautiful voice and she's a beautiful young woman and she sang who are you now from funny girl which is a beautiful song so that was a, a highlight of the evening and then um one of the other guests was tova Felchu, who sang a song from yentl from the streisand film of yentl uh with the music by Michel Legrand and uh, lyrics by the Bergmans. And that was significant because uh, Tova had played Yentl previously in a non-musical Broadway uh, production of the property. So it was really quite a, quite a great night and a very special
1: one. Well, I I tell you, it's just uh, so wonderful that, everybody's able to celebrate Barbra Streisand on and off Broadway and sometimes even below Broadway at 54 below. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, it is May 1st and it just makes me think of the lusty month of May from Camelot. And we do have uh announcement that a couple of weeks ago that uh, Camelot is coming back to Lincoln, to Lincoln center. Um, so Peter, tell me about the lusty month of May and how that, <laughs> how, what, how that song impacts you.
2: <laughs> if elected i will serve um, <clears throat> um michael and i disagree on camelot because i know it's not a favorite of his um and uh, but i'm i'm in ethan morden's camp on this one in his book on the musicals of the 60s he devoted an entire chapter on why camelot is a very very good show and um i think it's a terrific musical in every way i like the book even oh no i will make an exception i really do believe that Big speech at the end of Act one should have been a song. Um, I know they wanted to take advantage of um, St- Burton's stentorian voice, but nevertheless, Camelot is one of the most elegant original cast albums that we have, so um, I love going to it. Um, it it has taste, it has style, and as I say, elegance so um, a new production sure i'm up for that. Uh, I always am even that tiny production that was at Westport with about eight people in it. Um, Showed that uh, the show has a great deal of worth. Wonderful lyrics, wonderful lyrics. Um, songs that sound right for the characters, even though um, we're not very familiar with that era, what music sounded like. Um, but uh, in the um, the uh, what do the simple folk do number, uh, the section that goes arise, my love, to me really sounds as if it's uh, a song from that era, and um, so. I'll, I'm I'm up for um, seeing any Camelot anytime. So, Michael, your turn for a rebuttal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, first of all, just to clarify for whatever it's worth, it really is the book that I don't like. I, I uh-huh. think for the most part, the score is brilliant. Um, as far as The Lusty Month of May in particular, I've always loved the way uh, Lerner plays with Words is is in doing that thing uh, where he, uh, for example, uh, where all the world is brimming with fun, wholesome or un. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's so, Mm -hmm. so clever. And uh, it, the, there's some gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous music in it by Frederick Lowe. I, I think maybe arguably it's his best work
2: ever. Think, yeah. 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 That Fair Lady show was pretty good, but the Camelot music was really quite wonderful. <laughs> um, let's also point out that um, today is a day that's certainly mentioned in Follies. Mm-hmm. Um, in. Uh, Uh, because we do have that reference to Moscow being very gay on the 1st of May. So I hope uh, people there are having a good time, and I can't imagine that they are, given what's going on in the world. But anyway, we still have the Follies lyric to um, fall back on.
1: So any thoughts about uh, Aaron Sorkin rewriting the book in Camelot? I mean... uh, No comment. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh, I, you know, I, I think I think he's a phenomenal writer. This uh, weekend, upcoming weekend, I do believe it hasn't been firmed up yet, but I do believe I'll be in uh, Bristol, Pennsylvania, seeing *A Few Good Men*. And so, as I always do, whenever I uh, see any property that's been made into a movie, I always look at it first before I go to see the stage show. And um, the dialogue is so pungent and witty, and uh, he he goes for the unexpected, and and it makes you believe that it happens. So, I think he's a terrific writer, and. And again, I was one of the big fans of *To Kill a Mockingbird*, especially after reading the book and seeing the movie, and uh, seeing him fill in the the blanks and um, jutting the action forward. So, um, I may have mentioned that I was a big fan of Aaron Sorkin when I saw his first one act play that was done called making movies in a reading that I couldn't wait to go up to him at, uh, afterwards and say how terrific he was. And I, I think I've mentioned this, that he was looking for more imp- important people in the room, um, uh, looking over my head and, uh, I guess he found them. So good luck to him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To kill a mockingbird is another thing we totally disagree on. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Well, Michael, if you, if you're not happy with the Camelot book, uh, do you think Sorkin <laughs> could make it worse? <laughs> Well, that is a good question, uh,
0: but actually I liked the the pared down version that's been playing for quite a few years all around the country it has. Uh, that David Lee uh, yeah, adapted. I really thought he did an excellent job of it. I always felt that if it just had a few more cast members, uh, that would have been pr- pretty much ideal version of Camelot. Hmm. Um, So, uh, by the way, Peter, I am planning to see a few good men also, although not till the 11th. Uh And and I suppose maybe the reason we're both going is because one of the cast members is uh, Jay Aubrey Jones, who is also Uh, in our Boys from Syracuse. Did he make the rehearsal? Uh, No, it was only
2: for two people. I see. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, uh, you know, if you want to scale down Camelot, certainly Lincoln Center Theater is the place to do that, because they, <laughs> they're, they're good at scaling down anything, as uh, skin of our teeth pro- proves. <laughs> I think, James is, yeah. I think, being ironic. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we are officially... Through the end of the season where uh, last week we were talking on Sunday when Funny Girl was opening and then uh, the Skin of Our Teeth at the Beaumont opened and Strange Loop opened and Mr. Saturday Night and POTUS opened and Macbeth opened and then the uh, Tony Awards shifted their announcement, uh, I'm not sure why, um, to May 9th uh, but Oh, everything that's open is now open. There's going to be no changes, at least to the opening schedule right now. And uh, we'll we'll have uh, some nominations a week from Monday, a week from tomorrow. Mm-hmm.
0: So- well, they they shifted the date because it was a combination of uh, of people in shows and I, I suppose maybe the critics themselves uh, not not being able to be there because of COVID.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they were. They they, they officially said they wanted to give nominators more of a chance to see stuff. Right. And and as uh, we're going to discuss later on this morning, uh, a number of shows have had uh, major stars out. Uh, and so, if the nominators can't see the stars, then it's a uh, it's tough to nominate. You can't nominate them if you don't see them. Right. So, first up in our review section, the three of us got over to see Potus or Behind Every Great. Dumbass are seven women trying to keep him alive <laughs> at the Schubert Theater. So, Peter, why don't you get us started on this uh, this amazing comedy?
2: Uh, It is amazing to me that uh, people are laughing like crazy at the performance I attended. I I smiled a couple of times. And of course, you know, what comes next. Linda left at the end of the first act. (laughs) So um, (laughs) uh, her intelligence was insulted enough. And uh, that was that. Um, I think it has one of the most disgusting images I've ever heard in in, in all the years I've been going to the theater. Um, Let's just say that one of the women is asked, and this is a euphemism to make love to um, secret service agents to in order to distract them. Um, when she comes back, she tells us how she made out and um, she um, she winds up throwing up. And um, I'm going to leave it at that. but what I am going to say about a flaw in the play here comes that it's established in the first act that the president is going to meet with some veterans, okay. And in the second act, when this woman comes back, she says, you know, I'm really surprised that they would hire a one armed man and a blind man as a Secret Service agent. And the point is that she has just um, given favors to both those men. Um, And, you know, I don't believe that anybody would believe that a one armed guy and a blind guy would be a Secret Service agent. So um, that was a big problem for me. Everybody tries very hard. And certainly I can't fault the cast by any stretch of any imagination. Julie White is always wonderful. Yes, she is. Uh, Lee delary is very funny. Lily Cooper is quite wonderful as well. Vanessa Williams. They're all fine. They're all fine. I, yeah, this is one of the problems that... It happens when you've been going to the theater since 1904. And the thing is that back in the early 70s, 70 or 71, there was a play called The White House Murder Case by Jules Pfeiffer, covering the same type of material and doing it so much wittier and so much better. And uh, but don't listen to me. Listen to the people who are laughing their heads off in the crowd. They had a wonderful, wonderful time and I'm delighted they did. All right, Michael, what did you think? You know, I kind of loved it. I did. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: by uh Selina Fillinger or Fillinger uh is the auth- author someone i've never heard of before but i think it was overall a, a quite a hilarious um uh, uh, old style door slamming farce in terms of style But certainly not in terms of content, uh, as Peter indicated. And Peter, you know, I was thinking when that moment came up that you were discussing, um, you know, and I had just seen uh, a strange loop Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of mm-hmm. very graphic sexual content in that as well, and I thought to myself, can you imagine if the lunts could see these shows? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and you know, I don't want to sound like a prude. I I, I kind of think it it tends to be more acceptable when it's in a a, a knockabout comedy. Um, so, and that certainly was the case with POTUS. Uh, but it 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 just is an observation that you know uh, people. 50 years ago could literally not conceive no of, of mm-hmm. content like that. And no. especially not in a Broadway show. No. Um, so I, uh, but um, overall I loved it. I thought it had its moment. It was one of those plays uh, that has about a thousand gags in it. And so If even 10 or 15 percent of them fall flat, you still have, you know, 90 or 95 percent that that still hit. And the audience was indeed laughing almost almost. Nonstop throughout.
2: Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. It, it brings up a good point, though. And that is the fact that um, it's a surprise hit. I, um, nobody really was expecting much from it uh, a late season entry, a, a quick, you know, let's open right. the season, all that business. But the point is that um, everybody knows that some like it hot is coming into that theater. Or will it? I mean, uh, the Imperial is available, so uh, will they go there instead? Um, Will POTUS run? Um, It's in an awfully big theater. There's a lot of seats. It's not unprecedented that Schubert has a play, God knows, and and To Kill a Mockingbird is certainly one of them. But, you know, usually it's a musical that's at the Schubert Theater, and um, will this move? And of course, because the show is so big, Beowulf Borat um, has a lot of masking of the stage on each side. The set, which is very involved, it's a terrific set. It's a turntable set, and it's constantly spinning, spinning Mm. as much as the um, the play is. And uh, it, but it would fit in a conventional playhouse um without that masking on the side so the fact that it's doing well uh, and we'll see you know will it move or will some like that hot move will it, um I don't know what the contracts are for these uh, women either <laughs> is it a case that they only signed for a little period of time knowing that it was supposed to be a limited run I don't know well the, the long run prospects are, are are certainly helped by the cast,
0: although, as you said, um, they, they may not have signed on for very long, yeah because Lily Cooper, Leah Delaria, Rachel Dratch, Julianne Huff, Susie Nakamura, Julie White, and Vanessa Williams i mean that's I, pretty
2: amazing i want to give my uh friend jay clark a shout out because he was asking about it and i said and rachel Dratch comes out of the closet uh where they threw <laughs> her into um and she's wearing hat upon hat upon hat upon hat upon hat and he said oh like the original little me logo um <laughs> good, <laughs> <laughs> good observation anyway
1: so uh do you like it, James? I'm, I'm going to side with Michael that I, I really had a great time. I, I needed something very silly and and lots of fun. Uh, <laughs> I know that neither of you watch a lot of television, but it, it reminded me tremendously of the television show Veep. Um, mm. and, oh, I would think it would, sure. Yeah, yeah and uh, just the way, and uh, the, the point that you brought up about the turntable constantly going was very much like, Uh, sitcomy film. My wife compared it to uh, the play that went wrong. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. you know, and and that, uh, and and she enjoyed it as well. Uh, So I I think that Rachel Dretch is gonna, you know, be mentioned a lot in the uh, in the award season. I I had the same thought. Yes, all all of these women were uh, amazing. I, I really, I really enjoyed every every single performance i mm-hmm. thought absolutely peter that some of it was crude and borderline of like wow i can't believe they went there type of thing but you know we all survived i think yes, i yes. think everybody i don't the think television. i think yes. i think everybody made it out of the theater alive but That's uh, right. you know uh certainly uh this uh, as you mentioned no i you know it had an amazing cast, <laughs> had an amazing cast in it. Nobody sure. expected it to do nope. really bang up business or be um, the the yeah. star of the season. But I think yeah. that it, you know, it, it's holding its own right now. And uh, we'll have to see, as we talked about um, previously, you know, when uh, a show becomes a hit, all of a sudden the must close by, Yeah. Well, oh, this, yeah. this one we'll is um, yeah. must close by August 14th. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I wonder if it's going to get recast and extend sure, or move sure, or things sure, like that. Sure, and, sure, You know, so there it is. POTUS behind uh, every great dumbass or seven women trying to keep him alive and uh, <laughs> an, another women-only show except for some legs that were probably a man again, not, not a guy. So, <laughs> And interesting
0: that even though you only see the ha- bottom part of that, Person's body somehow it looked exactly like Trump. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Michael, those words are like harmony to me. Yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, uh, Michael and I got down to uh, uh, what's the name of the theater? I, uh, folks Beni, the National Yudas. Folks,
2: uh, folks Bene is uh, yeah, how folk... it's pronounced. It doesn't look it, but that's it, Benna.
1: The National Yiddish yeah. Theater folks, Benna, uh to see a production of Harmony that's playing there. Peter talked about it pre- uh, previously a few weeks ago. Uh, so, Michael, what were your thoughts on Harmony?
0: Again, overall, I loved it. A very different kind of show than POTUS. Oh, yeah. Mm, um, yeah. Uh, I'm so glad they finally got it on. Barry Manilow uh, and Bruce Sussman have been working on this show for, what is it, 25 years? Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Um, and apparently, what I find, one of the things I find fascinating is that uh, certainly uh, a major, major element of this production is the performance of Chip Zion. Mm. Uh, but apparently, that character, uh, the older version of the character Rabbi, was not in the original uh, versions of this musical. Oh. Uh, had, you, had either of you heard that? No, no. No, no. Yeah. Um, uh, so whoever had that idea to have him there, uh, you know, as a sort of a framing device um, that comes back periodically through the whole show. I think that was quite brilliant. Um, so and and to get him to do it, because he's so wonderful in this show, I, I think he'll get uh, nominated and probably win every possible award for which he's eligible um he he really was superb but the rest of the cast uh, is great The the um guys who play the comedian harmonist sean bell danny kornfeld zal owen eric peters blake roman and stephen telsey um and then the rest of the cast including the women uh this story of the you know again to very briefly recap of this Musical comedy troupe that was a tremendous hit in Germany and even in New York um, before World War II, and then they were basically destroyed by the Nazis because three, as it turns out, three of their members were Jewish. Um, it's uh, there's that moment that Peter alluded to there, uh, where where they do uh, they wind up playing at Carnegie Hall. In the uh, the mid 30s, I think 34. Is that right? 1934. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which is of course before things started to get really, really bad. But there was indication. Uh, of of what might be happening. And there's a big discussion as to whether they're all going to stay in New York and um and you you're like on the even though you know what happened, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're on the edge of your seat just just hoping and praying that they will decide to stay in New York and they don't and then that's the rest is very, very tragic history. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was at the edge of my seat at at the end of act one, which is when that moment happens. Uh, But I think the score, uh, the music and the lyrics are excellent. Mm -hmm. And I I did think that um, dramaturgically that, uh the whole thing could use another go through i thought it was a little overwritten Mm, yeah i think maybe warren carlisle was not the best choice uh to direct this Uh, certainly as far as staging he was maybe but not as far as you know being able to say hey guys um you really need to work on this part a little because it's a little overwritten and we need to tighten up and, and, uh, things like that. I also did not think it was a good idea to have Chip Zion play several other roles. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. I I, said a lot, actually. Yeah, I didn't, I I didn't. Uh, I mean, although he was delightful in all of them Mm -hmm. and, and I actually liked him even better as Einstein as Marlene, Marlene Dietrich. Um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, so things like that. Um, uh, uh so i don't know if they'll continue to work on it I, I don't know if it has a future because as peter also mentioned it's so good but it's so sad and tragic mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. that and things like that don't always mm-hmm. i mean one could say well, you know hey west side story but it's sure, a little sure. it's a little different somehow mm-hmm. it's not about the holocaust you know uh so anyway uh I, I i urge you to get to it if you can at the uh uh, well, it, the name of the venue is the Museum of J- Jewish Heritage down on the Battery. Uh, and the, the production company is the National Yiddish Theater Folkspina.
1: So, um, M- Michael, I. I- Thoroughly agree with everything that you said there, uh, and except uh, what
0: I said about Chip playing those other.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I take that into I, I take that into account. That I could see your point there. Yes. Um I could see your point there, but I, I think that it's a, a it, it's a wonderful, wonderful role for Chip, and this cast is really very, very good. Um, it's a very hard ticket to get. It's playing through May fifteenth, and I feel as though it's gonna it's gonna move to Broadway. Uh, and I think yeah.
0: you're I think you're probably right, despite what what we said about how you know, you know, I, had, I had a long matters.
1: discussion with uh, with some folks about uh, how dark it is and things like that. And, and we kept on coming up with cabaret. True. Uh, in, True. In True. In, a sim, in a similar type of, you know, unfortunate, same period of time, same. Uh, Nazis and uh, so the terrible has the advantage
2: though, in the sense that it's about things are going to be bad here. You mm. actually see things right. are yes. bad. Yeah. True. And, mm-hmm. True. So that's a, that's a profound difference.
1: And, it, uh, you know, it, uh, is some of the, the the attempted productions of of uh, creating a play or a musical about Anne Frank is that also in that same vein that that's a it's a very tough thing to go to the theater to see. What do you think?
0: Well, well I yeah, think
2: go uh, ahead, Michael.
0: Well, I think a lot of people do feel that about a, a musical of a, a musical that has anything yeah. to do with the Holocaust. It's just yeah. you know some people feel it's just so beyond tragic that it can't even be sung about.
2: Uh, so, whatever. well, I mean, well, the c- Anne Frank thing too, is that um, when they're singing uh, together in that room, it almost seems like they're happy. Mm. The fact that they're singing, mm. it takes it to that level. And that's a big problem as well. Mm. So
1: they, we can, the work was bad. We can see the, uh, the videos right now in Ukraine, where people are in bunkers and the children are in the sure. bunkers singing. Uh, Yeah,
0: it's a complicated, it's a really fascinating, complicated question. I'll tell you one thing. It's too bad uh, this show couldn't have opened on Broadway this season because it looks to me like the choice, uh, uh, you know, uh, among best musical is between six Mm -hmm. and a strange loop. And Mm -hmm. I personally wouldn't
1: necessarily say that either one of them really should get that. It's like a, uh, a Sunset Boulevard year. Yeah. So, uh, uh, could you call it the Ju- the Jewish Jersey Boys? agree.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I guess you could. Um. But
1: I uh, back to my agreement with you is the Warren Carlyle comment is that uh, some, this, some of the dancing and the staging of the scenes is really really wonderful, but the book yes. scenes are terrible. Yeah, yeah. The book scenes are definitely have to be worked on. Uh, and that opening scene where uh, where Mary uh, and the rabbi are singing to each other, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Why are they 10 feet away from each other? Mm. Uh, and then the the proposal scene, I was like, I, I was so – I was like, you felt that they lost the audience there and they lost the audience because those scenes are not staged uh, as best they could be. Yeah so that 's harmony, a new musical down at the uh, National Eu theater Folks Benton folks been folks Ben <laughs> uh, and it's playing through May fifteenth and there are very 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 few tickets, if any available mm-hmm. uh, people standing outside when when I happened to go the other uh this week, it was pouring pouring rain, oh. and we were all we were all outside trying to get wow. in through the the uh, covid che- checks and um And people were standing outside, you know, saying, do you have an extra? Do you have an extra? Anything, you know, so certainly it's worth seeing But I I have a feeling we're going to see it again next year on Broadway. So, By the way, I did have uh, one um,
0: substitute, the role of Harry in my uh, performance, Uh which is a major role. You know, it's one of the guys. Uh, It was played by Matthew Mucha, or Mucha, M-U-C-H-A. And the the roles normally played by him were played by Colby Kendall. So but you would never know it. He was certainly brilliantly prepared. Uh, So I guess they they've done a good job of keeping the, uh, you know, all the understudies rehearsed.
1: All right. So uh, next up, Peter, uh, you got a chance to see uh, the revival of Funny Girl. Uh, Michael... Didn't get a chance to see it. He's been rescheduled because one of the cast members was out uh, when he was supposed yeah, to see it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one of Ramin the cast members. One of the cast members. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Peter, tell us what you thought about Funny Girl.
2: Well, you know, every now and then I'll say to uh, a person, uh, a young person, so you're in your 20s, right? And the person will say, uh, I'll be 40 next week. <laughs> so the, the problem of getting older is that, well, there are plenty, but nevertheless, one of the problems <laughs> of getting older is that young people look younger to you. So as a result, Beanie Feldstein looked very, very, very young to me. And that may be partly my fault. And it may not be because... Um, As always, I watched the movie before I went and I watched it after. And the thing is that Barbara Streisand was um, not quite 22. She was a month away from being 22. And when she did the movie, which is what most people know, of course, she had to be about 25. Right. Now, Beanie Feldstein is older than that. She's 28, 29 in in that age group. And she seems to me far less mature, far less gravitas, and um, that was an enormous problem to me. It's funny, so many times, uh, well, let me, let me say there there are two uh, people in theater, Jed Bernstein and Doug Bernstein, or I always get it wrong. One of them, seriously, they're brothers. And yet one <laughs> of them says Stein and the other one says Steen. And they even have a company called Stein Productions or Steinstein <laughs> Productions. I don't remember which. Um, and I do believe um, that uh, the St- that mr stein who wrote the music here uh was let down by a steen and for that matter the show was let down by another steen too and that uh is harvey firestein because for one thing i was watching the show i hadn't opened the playbill and i'm astonished a number that, believe me, tore down the house back in 1964, who taught her everything she knows, wasn't there. Oh, my Mm. God, how could they drop that number? Oh, my God, it's such a great number, so on and so forth. No, um, it wasn't dropped. It was moved to the the second act, and I fully understand getting the second act off to a rousing start. Um, However, the song is about how both Fanny's mother Rose and her unrequited lover, And um, the first person really believes in her, Eddie Ryan. Talk about the fact that now that the telegram has arrived from Ziegfeld, they fear the worst. What's going to happen to them uh, after Fanny becomes a big star? Because they all forget they know you when it comes to credit, as (laughs) as Eddie sings. And all of us have had the experience where we've had friends who have leapfrogged over us in careers and don't want to know us anymore. So that's a legitimate Concern, however, by moving it to the second act after Fanny has become a star, time has passed. She's married. Um, she's settled down uh, as much as one could in that that marriage. Um, what are they worried about? She hasn't abandoned them. There's no indication she's going to abandon them. So, just moving it to the second act for the sake of getting a second act to a better start mm-hmm. was a bad. Bad, bad decision. There's also another problem with Funny Girl that you really have to suspend your disbelief. I'm going back to the original now, and that's in His Love Makes Me Beautiful. Um, Florence (laughs) Ziegfeld has decided that Fanny will be the centerpiece of the number. Now, one can effectively argue the way she does. Why are you putting me, uh, somebody who um, isn't pretty, as the lyric goes, in this number, His Love Makes Me Beautiful? Now, a lot of people have said, well, the point of the number is that His Love makes me beautiful so as a result i am beautiful and um so you can justify it there all right uh, i can buy that i still think it's more clunky than um than logical but i'll accept that well here the dialogue has been changed that when she says um i'll look ridiculous in the number florence ziegfeld says well i want it to be funny again i'm paraphrasing oh no really Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, my God. That is ridiculous. So the point (laughs) is, why is he so furious with her when um, he should come out and be furious for a second? He should come out and say, you shouldn't have done that. But I got to give you credit. You you did better than the suggestion I gave you. It's terrific. You know, but he's still as stern for the length of time as he is in the movie. And um, that really wouldn't happen under those circumstances. So um, so I do think those are two problems. But of course, you know, as somebody pointed out um, on all that chat, Will there ever be a review of this show where the words Barbara and streisand are not used? And of course, that's 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 true, you know. And I I I do get it that um, it's it's such a, an iconic performance that it's going to happen. But uh, it's not just a case where Miss um, Feldstein can have her youth as her consolation if indeed she's not um, landing in the role. That maybe the day will come when she's ready for it, but but she really doesn't have the voice. And the real problem with the voice is it's terribly nasal in the, um, in the ballads. Now it, it, for something like rat tat she's perfectly fine. You know, no problem there whatsoever. Uh, but she also has this very strange, cackle that she you may recall yeah. it from hello dolly this cackle that yeah. almost seems like a witch in a horror movie spoof um that she uses to punctuate her punchline so um i don't know if she makes good on fanny's famous claim that she has 36 expressions but most of mouth contortions that beg for isn't she hilarious responses so um you know, Mrs. Strakosch has that line. Uh, Zach Stewart pointed this out in his Theater Mania review that uh, Fanny was cute when you were a child and you made funny faces, but it's it's not funny anymore. And a lot of those funny faces just aren't very funny. So, um, so I, I don't think she's a disaster. I don't. Um, but it's not the performance we were hoping for. And um, I, as far as Ramin Kar- Lou, um we knew him from Les Mis, where of course it's a through sung show and he's singing all the time. He has a very funny way of delivering dialogue. It's not quite a lisp, it's not quite a speech impediment. Mm. It's nothing like that, really. Uh, that's much too severe to even bring those up. But The dialogue sounds like it's coming out of somebody with claymation to me. Um, So I thought that was um, bizarre. And of course, they want to give him more to do. So they give him a temporary arrangement, um, which was a song that was already dropped by the sixth performance of Funny Girl when I saw it in Boston back in 64. So um, and for good reason. And they put it in the second act. It was originally in the first act. Um, So, you know, Julie Stein was so famous for so when he met uh, somebody who said I, I'd like to write lyrics to your songs he would say okay how about this one and he'd tickle the ivories and play a song and when he saw the person wasn't responding he would say alright look how about this one you know and he, he was just endlessly <laughs> full of melodies so um, the thing is I'm surprised Bob Merrill didn't say you know Julie not that one you know because it's it, if, if the chain is as strong as the weakest link it's not when it comes to musicals but if it were boy this would really um, tear it down to tremendously because it's it's not a good song in any way shape so far well anyway jared grimes very good as eddie ryan um jane Lynch is, is um jewish as christmas and easter put together but um <laughs> she's very good at dispensing her maternal feelings there's a scene where the mother must be a mother to a daughter and uh deep in the second act and she's very good uh in that and i do think the dialogue is very good there you know the, the three things that people learned about broadway when they get interested is a tickets are expensive hmm. B. elaine stritch was a bitch and three that funny girl has a lousy book that's that's the go-to <laughs> thing that everybody goes to it's not it's not a, a bad book at all as far as i'm concerned um very smart you know many musicals take a long time to have their characters reach stardom think of um louise and gypsy but Sch- leonard smartly got oh, isabel leonard was her name smartly got fanny off to quick success and act one so we could deal with the problems in act two which are real problems you know you have a husband here who um it, it winds up in jail Good Lord, that's, that's a disgrace. That's a scandal. That's dramatic. Um, and Who Are You Now is a very good song. Uh, it's so underrated, uh, mm. but nobody thinks about it. And I will give Harry Firestein credit for having the show start with it. When she comes in and she looks in the mirror and she sings Who Are You Now? Not a lot of it, but some of it. What I do hate is that when she comes in, um, she throws her mink on the floor. She takes off her mink and throws it on the floor and you know so the maid can pick it up well that doesn't make me like her very much and you say well all right she's upset she's not thinking later in the show she throws it off too she um she just tosses it off i mean and that's the type of thing where you want to take her down a peg so um so that's a big problem too um let's be fair this beanie feldstein greatly pleased her substantially appreciative public that she's cultivated from uh, her stage and screen appearances Many came to the theater to cheer her wildly from her first entrance, and they continued throughout the long performance. At at the curtain call, the fans couldn't have risen to their feet any quicker if they'd been hit with uh, electronic cattle prods. <laughs> so if you're already in her camp, um, you may very well uh, follow suit and um, like her, but a lot of people will have and will feel that she's ill-suited for Funny Girl. I have a specific question.
0: Uh, how do they do the psych gag in his love makes me beautiful, considering that she is not thin?
2: Oh well, she definitely looks pregnant. Uh, so uh, no, it's it's a case of adding more on. So uh, no, uh, that's that's not an issue at all. Uh, she makes a different type of entrance. She also makes a very different type of entrance uh, at her curtain call, which. Um, is a little bizarre too, but um, um, a little bizarre. And uh, when uh, the understudy did it the other night because Beanie had to go to a wedding so she couldn't perform, so uh, when the understudy did it the other day, I, I was told it was the same uh, curtain call um, um, entrance, and um, it's 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 a little bizarre, so um, but you know, obviously, um, this is what um. Jerry's X wanted. So um Not Jerry's X. It's not I always get this wrong. It's Michael Mayer, isn't it? <laughs> Jerry's axe did what? What did he do? He just did something. Well, he did he did Hello Dolly. No, didn't he do something this
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a uh,
2: fire dumb. Is that what it is? OK, yeah, because I just went back to that, too. And by the way, it's I do believe this is such an underrated show. And certainly um, Rob McClure is still giving 712 uh, percent, just marvelous, magnificent, mm. great comic timing. So that's why I was thinking of Jerry's ass. Yeah, Michael Mayer. Yeah. OK, um, I, I guess he thought it was a good idea to do this. I, maybe she thought of it. Who knows? But but um. It, No, uh, there are some profound differences in the way people enter in this show from uh, and a lot of people are, uh, are disappointed with the set design, too, because. Ziegfeld was famous for staircases and there are no staircases in the in the oh. um, number. Oh gosh. All right. And the other thing, um, it, it it's a cylindrical set most of the time. So you you have the cylinder, that splits in the middle and then it comes back. Um, it's mostly all brick. There are three windows, I'll grant you, but it's mostly all brick. And to me, uh, it looked like some scenes were taking place outside uh the prison that used to be on um next to the jefferson library um so it 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 really looked like a prison to me at the exterior of a prison so um i don't like the set design very much either i understand that this way you can open up and you can be surprised with what's inside there as set goes from here to there but um you know I'm, i'm making it sound far worse than than um than i really felt while sitting there so um yeah, uh, the the lyric about uh, uh, the damn thing don't come out right. You know, right. <laughs> everything you, that's about right, but the damn thing don't come out right. Um, maybe that's really um, the the bottom line for me. So um, I, I I really didn't hate it, no matter what I'm saying here.
1: Jerry's uh, Jerry Zach says uh, Alan Teasley in our chat room reminds us directed the Music Man. Ah, of course. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, which... uh, uh, Yes, we forgot that. (laughs) Yeah, forgot that. Forgot that that Music Man thing. So, uh, Michael will report back uh, when he sees Funny Girl. I am trying to schedule Funny Girl, but haven't been able to yet. Hmm. So, uh, we'll talk about that when it happens. But uh, next up, we have um, A Strange Loop at the Lyceum. So, uh, Peter, why don't you get us started on this...
2: Well, you know, uh, what I want to say more than anything else, uh, my buddy Bert Bonner was in town. Um, He's an investor in POTUS, so he's coming to see it. And um, he said, I want to see a strange loop. And I didn't want to discourage him at all. But um, when I saw him late last night, he looked pretty much shell socked. He comes from San Antonio and he says, I guarantee you this will never be done in San Antonio. (laughs) All right. Is this an issue? Well, let me tell you uh, a couple of things here. One, um, within the first three minutes Usher, that's the character name, has nothing to do with the pop singer of that name, because he's an usher at the Lion King, talks about asshole tourists. And, you know, I we we're a tourist uh, dominated business here. And so I imagine there are going to be at least one or two tourists are going to be uh, put off by that. But they're going to be put off with a lot more than that. A lot more. This is another show that's very graphic, sexually very graphic, much more so. Um, then, um, POTUS, uh, which, you know, (laughs) the famous expression show, don't tell, um, POTUS tells, uh, (laughs) strange loop shows and, um, in no uncertain terms, I, um, I can't imagine this pleasing tourists. I was thinking of the famous John Waters line. He said, one of the things that pleases me most about hairspray is the fact that now I know that in high schools all over the country. Um, a, a girl who has a good deal of weight on her and uh, a boy um, who certainly um, can play effeminate have big roles. You know, a friend of mine once said, you know, if you're an effeminate boy and you're in high school, you're going to get cast as Charlie Cowell in the music man. You know, you're going to come in for that one scene at the end and that's going to be it. So the thing is, I was thinking, well, you know, just as um, the hairspray is giving two um, atypical um, sized people uh, roles, Well, I guess a strange loop is to no, because it's not going to get done in high schools. I mean, I I had a big argument once with a guy who said Spring Awakening will never be done in high schools. And yes, it is. But this is uh, a quantum leap. Um, This is far more severe. And I doubt we're going to see this in high schools. I, I I can't imagine in the summer season where tourists are coming back to New York, even with the uh, hoopla or the Pulitzer Prize, and who knows, it may win the Tony. It may very well. Um, I I can't imagine that this is going to be a show that's going to please very many people who uh, it doesn't look like what the, the, the tourists' conception of a Broadway musical is to begin with. And um, it's a bitter pill to swallow. And also, I feel bad that, the main character at the end of the show you really think he's going to come up he, he hates himself at the beginning he, he talks about being fat he talks about being black he talks about being queer um uh, he feels that he has three strikes against him. but at the end of the show he sings a song about maybe i'll do better the word maybe is used quite a bit in the last song uh, so it, we don't even get the satisfaction of a guy rebelling and saying i'm terrific you know i, I have so many strengths uh, so on and so forth also and i i i would really have believed this more had tick tick boom not been as successful as it has been as a movie but uh, i i don't know how interested people are in um the conflict of whether or not a guy's writing his musical if he's getting it done if, uh, if he has time to write all those issues i would think would not be of much interest to um tourists or, or um, new yorkers as well for that matter and yet tick tick boom you know so maybe that's not an issue
0: yeah, but that movie, I mean, we all absolutely love it. And it was critically uh, praised by everyone. But I i wouldn't exactly say it was a mass market hit.
2: No, but i it certainly got more interest than I expected it to. And um, again, when you come right down to it, it's about a guy writing a musical. Yeah, it is. You know, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, is, yeah. You know the difference may be that Jonathan Lawson was more famous than Michael R. Jackson. Well, and Andrew um, Garfield. Sure. Yeah, sure, sure. So all right that's my take on it
1: okay uh, michael what did you think of a strange loop i had very very mixed feelings about it i
0: basically love the score uh book music and lyrics by michael r jackson and i would absolutely get the album uh that kind of surprised me because I didn't necessarily expect to love it, but I did. And it doesn't hurt that the guy who plays Usher, Jekyll or Jacquel Spivey has a phenomenal voice. Um, so I really, really enjoyed uh, hearing him uh, singing those songs. And the rest of the cast is very, very talented as well. Uh, directed by Stephen Brackett, choreographed by Raja Feather Kelly. Um, I I thought the show generally was more successful when it was uh, purposely trying to be very funny. There were a lot of honest laughs uh, in the first half, especially. But when it got serious, I I thought it was far less successful. And in particular, I really um, had a problem with how they dealt with AIDS. Uh, Mm. And I realized the whole thing Mm. is supposed to be uh, almost a satire in a way uh and uh and very very uh meta uh and uh, and the i guess the in a nutshell here the thing is that usher's family are supposed to be hyper religious so uh that's why there's all this oh what what is what is the exact phrase aids is god punishment yeah is is sung about 50 times, I think, (laughs) um, uh, in, in one section. Uh, and so even though I know it's a satire and I know it, yes, he doesn't think that, and that's what his family thinks. And, you know, it's, it just was extremely difficult to hear that. Um, so I, uh, yes, like Peter, I cannot imagine that, uh, this is something that will sell enough tickets to have an extended Broadway run. Uh, it will be very interesting to see, um, What happens if it does win the Tony? But you know, I mean, look at Passion. Uh, Mm. uh, Maybe, maybe it'll run about as long as that, or not. I I guess we'll we'll see.
1: So uh, I'm uh, with you as well that uh, this this show had so much hype and people talking about how amazing it is, uh, and that it's going to run away with all the awards. And uh, it didn't quite live up to that for me. Uh, I th- thought that the these seven actors on stage were just their voices. I, I I was really amazed by it. My my wife didn't like Usher's voice, but I oh. was like, and I was shocked. I was like, really? I thought that I thought that the, their singing was absolutely amazing. Uh, and but I, I felt as though that the show. The show uh, is very difficult, again, to um, to imagine that it's going to be a commercial hit. Uh, and I think that that uh, plays into a lot of calculations in the Tony Award voting. Uh, I think that the, the folks who are on the producer side that, that are voting are not, you know, this is not going to play in Iowa, Ohio, Oklahoma. mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, this, is, mm-hmm. this will play in large cities and and I think uh, URTA in the universities, it's going to play a lot in the universities, uh, are going to do it. But it's not going to be done in community theaters. It's not going to be done, you know, in high schools and uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that um, has to do a lot with uh, uh, an extreme amount of um, of of graphic scenes that, that happen in it that will get it nixed right away. Um, yes. Yes. So it, it's, uh, I, I didn't get the, um, the, the Lion King thing was, was cute, but I couldn't imagine, I can't imagine why, Uh, what, what the point was, was to name the family, all the characters in the Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah uh, you know i and I'm like, if you're gonna do something like that, uh you know, and uh, constant references back to Lion King, I felt that there were a lot of internal references inside baseball type of jokes that if uh, uh, if you don't know uh all the popular cultural references, uh you don't get a lot of things that are said on stage. I thought the sound design was terrible. It was really, really – for for to have a small orchestra and seven actors on stage that are heavily miked, I should not have a problem hearing any of the words. Hmm. Um, and and that, that was unfortunate, too, because the words are going to really help us understand this – you know, what they're saying. But all the jokes about, uh, you know, Scar being the father um, hmm. and all the other – type of inside baseball jokes um it gives it a shelf life of about a year and mm-hmm. so uh you know well although a lot
0: of people have seen the lion king
1: <laughs> <laughs> no 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 i i do agree but uh, is it uh they kept on rhyming the age drug is it trulicia or truvia or oh truvada uh, truvada they yeah. they did you, did you hear that rhyme with Trivada? and i forget the rhyme they, they ride Travada uh, with something else. And uh, and and then they had a joke about Scott Rudin. You know, who the fuck knows about Scott yes. Rudin outside of Insiders and Broadway? Yes, yes, you know? absolutely. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense to do something like that. So, you know, art versus commerce. And I usually come down on the side of commerce. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right. So that is uh, A Strange Loop. And uh I guess uh, it is open-ended, yes. So just wanted to make sure that that was correct. So, Michael, you got over to a limited run at the John Golden Theatre for Hangman. Uh, So uh, why don't you talk about that to wrap up for this morning's uh, reviews? Yeah, but
0: before I do, I have a question. Did either of you see uh, happen to see Dan Stevens when he... Because he did do some performances before uh the shutdown for the pandemic didn't he i
1: don't know i i, I don't, don't either know.
0: yeah well i suppose even if he did that that you know we wouldn't have been invited yet uh, yeah. so uh yeah uh but regardless um the guy who's now in that role uh, of mooney alfie allen i thought he was really fantastic and i thought he was one of the highlights of this production this is the oddest thing when I saw the show several years ago off Broadway, uh, I was a little disappointed because um, I think it's it's fair to say that all of Martin McDonough's plays have some kind of a twist towards the end. And when I saw this play the first time, I thought the twist was very disappointing um, and not much of a twist, but for some reason, even though it's the same script. Uh, this time I didn't have that reaction. Uh, so I don't know if it was played differently or if directed somewhat differently. Uh, but anyway, I, that, that really increased my enjoyment of it. And I do think that the current cast is, is wonderful. Um, I had, uh, Peter had mentioned the problem of having difficulty in keying into the accents, uh, at least at the beginning of the play. And then, uh, you know, hopefully your ear adjusts very quickly. Um, and and I had the exact same experience, uh, but the only exception was, uh, and I have to be careful here not to give a spoiler, but at the very end of the play, one of the characters um, gives a, a huge, very, very rapid uh, monologue about something. And in that case, I only understood about 5% of what that person said and that was unfortunate because it was at a very important moment in the plot um so i wish that had been addressed i actually was saying i I have to make a trip to the drama bookshop and see if i can find the play and read that (laughs) read that section because i just i'm not sure really what she said um but but i uh i mean i feel like in a way this uh this production is old news because it was done off Broadway and it's uh and i I think everyone else has talked about it on our podcast already uh but i I really really enjoyed it uh and it's always a a pleasant surprise when you're um more pleased uh with a uh with something the second time around i think and that was my experience uh Michael, what about that opening scene that Peter and I talked about did you ever- oh yeah Yeah, uh, well, I know you asked if it was done the same way Mm off-Broadway, and my memory is that it was done the same way in the sense that it was that same set, but I don't remember how they changed it, and I certainly don't think it rose, the whole set rose Mm -hmm. into the flies, like it's, you know, off-Broadway. I do not remember how they did it Mm. (laughs)
1: off-Broadway. All right, so – I heard that uh, I I forget the actor's name. Please forgive me. Who's the lead actor in the uh, in Hangman? Uh, uh, is the one I was just talking about? Alfie yeah. Allen. Al, I, I think I hear, heard he's out. Oh, uh, that's too bad. Yeah, he was really great. He was. Yeah, he was really great. I heard he's out.
0: Uh, Something so so menacing about him. Even though he's yeah, he comes across as quite you know. Uh, uh, jolly in a way yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. positive you know mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. absolutely all right so uh that is hangman uh and it's at the john golden theater through june 18th uh and that wraps it up we have a, n- a number of other things that we saw this week that we're not going to get to just because we're right. well, well <laughs> into our our time slot here so let's wrap it up for today. Uh, before we get on to the musical moment in trivia, I want to remind everybody that you can subscribe to these broadcasts by going to the front page of BroadwayRadio.com. There's a subscribe link that we each and every time we have a new episode of This Week on Broadway, it'll be automatically downloaded to Apple Podcasts for you. Of course, you don't have to listen to us in Apple Podcasts. There's many ways to get us. iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere that you can listen to find a podcast, you'll find Broadway Radio's offerings. Contact to information for Peter, for Michael, and for me can be found in the show notes at com, as well as links to some of the things we've talked about today, including a uh, Julie Andrews singing the Lusty Month of May Mm -hmm. video from YouTube. (laughs) So, so, uh, Peter, do we have an answer to last week's trivia? In a manner of speaking, loosely speaking,
2: very loosely speaking, in fact, what songs in a little night music could be said, in a manner of speaking, to have reprises? Well, because snippets of Remember, Soon, and The Glamorous Life are all sung in the so-called overture, one could stretch the definition of reprise to say that when they're finally and fully sung later in Act One, those are actually reprises. So Steve Bell was the first to get it, followed by Paul Whitty, J. Aubrey Jones, Ingrid Gammerman, Sean Logan, Isaac Bevins, Brigid Dune. And Tony Janicki, who got back from vacation in time to answer Mm. less than an hour and a half ago. So, (laughs) yes, (laughs) this week's question. A big hit musical that closed as one of the 20th longest running musical in Broadway history was nominated for seven Tonys. It only won two. One was for best lighting. But if the show hadn't won the other award, it would have been very embarrassing.
1: Why? Okay, if you have an answer for that, email us at trivia at broadervadio dot com. We'll let you know if you're on the right track. So Michael Night Music just for
0: a moment. I I did see this this fabulous one night only performance, uh, concert version at, at Symphony Space. It was a gala benefit for Symphony Space with uh Ben Davis, Christian Probst, Emily Quachu, Co- Co- Stella Fink, Carolee Carmelo as Desiree, Judy Kay as Madame Armfeldt, Ryan Silverman as C- Carl Magnus, Kate Baldwin as, as Charlotte, and mm-hmm. Christiani Pitts as Petra, and also um. The Libus Leader singers were Leah Horowitz, who is also in my Boys from Syracuse show, oh. uh, Nicholas B. Ward, Andrea Jones-Sajola, Daniel T. Curran, and Lindsay Roberts. And it was really... I paid... Uh, for it because I don't get press tickets for those kind of things. Uh, I paid 75 bucks and I would have paid twice that. It was really, Mm. really great. And it was narrated, uh, hosted by Danny Burstein. Um, So I, you know, it's always
1: so glorious to experience that score again. I laughed. I cried. It was better than cats. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So Michael, what do we have in this week's musical moment?
0: Well, yesterday, April 30th was the 98th birthday of Sheldon Harnick, Uh So I I think that's certainly cause for celebration. And uh, so our opening music was Miracle of Miracles. And I chose the recording from the film soundtrack uh, sung by Leonard Fry uh, and with uh, orchestrations by John Williams. Uh, And part of the reason I chose that recording was because I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but there's a new documentary about the filming of Fiddler on the Roof um, that's playing at at the Angelica. uh, And I'm not sure if it's anywhere else, but uh, I mean, mean, I'm kind of amazed that they did a documentary on something so specific, but they did. And I'm hoping to get to see it this week. Uh, I hear it's very good. So that's just a heads up for everyone. Uh, And our uh, closing music, uh, so many choices (laughs) for Sheldon Harnick, but this is the finale version of ice cream from oh, She Loves Me yeah. uh, that incredible beautiful finale uh, as performed by Daniel Massey and Barbara Cook
1: Alright so on behalf of Michael Portantier and Peter Felicia this is James Marino saying thanks so much for listening to Broadway Radios this week on Broadway Bye Bye
0: What a shame we never spoke up I am so sorry about last night it was a nightmare in every way But together you and I Will laugh at last night someday Dear friend It's really true then It's Dear friend, I had to tell you, I couldn't stand it until you knew. Two George, weeks, I was so anxious, I was anxious. Weeks, I I wasn't afraid that, I so I didn't dare. I wanted you to I know, that it was I you. thought you might have to guessed, the truth, I, couldn't I couldn't wait, wait another, another.